pray again. Um, we thank you that we live in a place, God, that we can call an ambulance and they can be on their way. Um, that you've provided within our community those who are trained professionally to deal with these things. We thank you that you've made our bodies to work to heal themselves and then given us medicines and things to help heal us as well. We thank you that even in a response of shock, there is also a response of compassion and care that comes out of us that, that flows quickly. And we know that is the, the lingering image of who you are because you are the one who cares and pursues and loves. And so we ask for healing and care, and in that we also give you praise. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let me finish reading our passage of scripture from Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, Katie, earlier, who's um, doing the, uh, the video AV and sound, asked me earlier this morning, as we were sitting back there, and I was trying to get sound sounding decent, she said, now, do they train this, do you get trained in this kind of stuff when you're in that school to learn to be a minister? And, uh, and I said, no, not really. And um, guess what? They don't train you for this either. Um, and, and quite honestly, I'm not sure how I want to proceed yet. <laughs> uh, because there's one sense where it's like, I've got this great series and I'm so ready to give it to you. And I haven't, I haven't been, you know, preaching for five weeks. And, you know, that's I'm like, like a lion ready to, to go. But at the same time, it's kind of like... Like, is, like, are you even really, am, am I even going to remember what I said? Right? Yeah, so I think we should acknowledge that. <laughs> I, I think we need to acknowledge that when we see someone faint, that can be triggering to us in ways where we've seen loved ones, <laughs> where we're anticipating loved ones. And I'm sure if I was a great, like really great pastor, I would be able to tie this in somehow to the sermon that I've written. But I can't. Um, really, because what, what I'm thinking right now is, oh, I'm so glad that she lifted up. I'm glad that Rhonda was able to be moved out. I'm, I'm praying in my heart right now that, yes, let, let, let her be well, right? Let her. And I'm praying for Shirley, who sits next to her. I've been friends with her, with her for years and years. And I'm looking out in the room, and I know many of you have lost people. Have, people have passed. People are sick right now. 
And this is a great passage, and, and the sermon's really decent. And we're meant to be talking about the church and the way the church grows and who the church is and how we operate. And so the good thing for us in that, I guess, is to know this, that right now, right at this moment, we did see the church operate well. We did see the people of God rush to those who need and are in care. And that's actually the ideal of what the church should be, is that people walking together, living life together, who engage and move quickly to where there is need. And so we have a living representation of that. Henry Nowen has a quote that I was going to use in the sermon the way that I had written it before at the end of the sermon, but let me start with it. <laughs> It says, the best churches are imperfect communities of humble people with long tables, big hearts, open ears, and extended hands, inviting all to the feast of the kingdom. Let me say that again. The best churches are imperfect communities of humble people with long tables, big hearts, open ears, and an extended hands, inviting all to the feast of the kingdom. Broken, not recognizing you're broken. Sick, not recognizing you're sick. Longing for something that you don't know how to put words to. What better place than to be with a bunch of imperfect people at a big long table celebrating a feast? And life crashes in and moments escape and, and things remind us of our fragility. The things that we are unable to do that we're flesh and blood and that we're not perfect and not as strong as we think we are. And that, I believe, is the reason why God created us to be a body, to be Christ here in this world together, wound up in the church, is because by ourselves we are unable to navigate this. And God has given us the ability to be with one another, to navigate it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Since I'm able to have a mic, I'm able to do that. Yeah. Would you mind sharing with us why we don't need to fear death? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Well, why don't we need to fear death? Well, here, here's the good, gracious, loving news of our Father, right? That death has been overcome. We know we can turn in our scriptures to, to Corinthians in the 
1 Corinthians chapter 15, right? Where we know that death has been defeated, that there is no more sting of death, that it has been overcome by the power of God. That death, yes, is real, that death happens, that death is the undoing of God's purposes, but it is not the complete undoing because God himself has put death to death through Christ and his resurrection. That it is in that power that we see that. I'm going to, I can read it. I'm going to open it up on my Bible app if you don't mind. I know that's not quite maybe kosher, but. One Corinthians 15 says this, my friends, I'm reading actually out of the contemporary English version. My friends, I want you to remember the message I preached to you that you believed and trusted. You will be saved by this message if you hold firm to it, but if you don't, your faith was all for nothing. I told you the most important part of the message exactly as it was told to me. This part is Christ died for our sins and the scripture says it that he was buried and three days later he was raised to life as the scripture says and Christ appeared to Peter then to the 12 and after this he appeared to more than 500 of the followers and most of them are still alive and some have died and he also appeared to James and then to all the apostles. Finally he appeared to me, that's Paul, even though I am like someone who was born at the wrong time. I'm the least important of all the apostles. He goes on to say, if we preach that Christ was raised from the death, how can we, how can some of you say that the dead will not rise to life? They will not be raised to life. Christ himself wasn't raised to life. And if Christ wasn't raised to life, our message is worthless and so is our faith. That Christ has been raised to life. And he makes us certain that others will be raised to life. Just as we, will be die, we all die because of Adam, we will all be raised to life because of Christ. Christ will rule until he puts all of his enemies under his power. And the last enemy he destroys will be death. How amazing is that? So the sermon title <laughs> was A Move to Believing. And if you've been around Fremantle Church, you've heard you can belong before you believe. If you want to know what we believe, what I just read is what we believe. If you want to know what I believe, that passage that we read earlier, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, is what we believe. That at one point we were separated, we were left in our own hearts, turned in on ourselves, but God pursued us in the everlasting steadfast love of Jesus and God to bring us home, to bring us into himself so that we can know who we really are. He undoes all of the things that hold us bondage. He undoes all of the things that bring death so that we can have life. That's what we believe. That's what we want you to believe. You may belong right now here, and that's great, but we want you to move to belief. We want you to believe this. When John is telling the story of Jesus in his gospel, his biography of Jesus, 
There's someone who says to Jesus in chapter 6, it's recorded, what's the work that we must do? And he says this, the work you must do is believe the one the Father has sent. That's him. And so we call on you to believe. It's good to belong. Just real quickly, I was looking up the Dockers this week because I was wondering if I could become a member of the Dockers. Not a player, mind you, but a member of the, the Dockers Club. And I could. I could become a member of the Dockers Club. By the way, if I wanted to become a member of the West Coast Eagles, I couldn't become a member of the West Coast Eagles because I would have to be in the wings because they have a wait list. But the Dockers, not so much. And so you can join right away. I don't know what that says. I'm just saying that's the facts. Now, it would cost a little over $1,000 for me to become a member. That's paying the membership fee and then buying the tickets for the 11 home games. And I would then be a docker, right? Not a player, but I'd be a member of the club. The really interesting thing is you can become a member but not really a member. If you're interstate or international, you can join, but it's a lot less. And you're actually not part of the club because you're not able to come to the games, the home games. And in a lot of ways, that's what it's like to belong without believing. You belong, but you don't get all of the benefit. You don't get all of the blessing. You don't get all of the things that come with actually being here, like discounts at the you know, Docker store and being able to go to the games and priority uh, preference to buy tickets you know, for the grand final. <laughs> Not that they would ever make that. Maybe. Maybe. We say you can belong before you believe, but we want you to move to belief. So, so I actually had two questions at the end of the sermon. I'm going to do them right now, and we're just going to end. That's, that's where we're at. It's this, right? If you feel like you belong here, that's awesome. We want you to feel like you belong here. But my question for you is this. In your belonging, if you're not moving to belief, why do you think you belong? Why do you feel like you belong? Because it's not just about being having the label, or saying that's the place I go. It's actually about believing that Christ came and died for you. To save you. Not only that, that he's victor over death. Even more so, maybe, that he's victor over death and has accomplished all that needs to be accomplished to make things back the way that God wanted them to be from the beginning. We want you to belong. We never want you to leave. We want you to be here. The question to ask yourself is, if I feel like I belong so much, what's keeping me from believing? The second question is this. Maybe you're here and you believe. But the question I have for you is, has it become more about belonging? Has it really come to be, yes, I go do these things. These are the things that I do. I go to church on Sunday. I attend that Bible study. I do these things. And it has become less about your heart trusting Christ for everything and more about just the action of belonging. Are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, I belong to that church down there. That's the question you need to ask yourself, that I need to ask myself is have I moved from believing and gone to belonging? That I am no longer trusting Christ for all of who I am and all of the blessing that he gives me, that I'm no longer trusting Christ with all of what he provides. 
that somehow I think, well, I belong, and so that's okay. Because Christ says, I want to move you to knowing me completely, trusting me completely. So that maybe is the question for us today. Oh, am I really believing? Do I really believe this stuff? Or am I just belonging? Not that belonging's bad. It's good. You're still, you still are able to get the Docker patch and put it on your back of your car and just never will get to a home game. Hold us, hold us, hold us now. Hold us in this place. Hold us in our fear. Hold us in our trepidation. Let us hear over and over the hope that you provide in the resurrection of Jesus. Let it proclaim loudly in our hearts and our ears the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That we know that in that, in his death and resurrection, that you have undone all the things that that took away your shalom peace, that have taken away your order, that have taken away the ability uh, for us to live rightly. And you have made it right. You have made it whole. You have made it complete in Jesus. Hold us in that. God, if there's anything that's of you right now, just tear it up. Let it blow away. But if this was from you, anything... Let it take root in our hearts. Let us dig deep and let it show forth glory and honor to you. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.